Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash plearnmc. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello and welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. My name is Matt. And I'm Courtney. What do we do here, Courtney? Well, Matt, we talk through the do-dos and don't-dos of personalized learning. You know where the newest place that we do that is? I do. It's Spotify. It's Spotify. We're on Spotify. Yes. It feels like we're in the 21st century now. (laughs) We are barreling through yeah (laughs) so yeah you all can find us on spotify now too yeah and more places to come as soon as i figure it out so we are continuing with our series today on collective efficacy Mm -hmm. and we are on our second enabling condition for collective efficacy efficacy to work yes that is um collective goal setting so let's talk about this for a little bit okay yeah. It's, uh, it, it talks about reaching consensus on goals. Uh-huh. It not only increases collective efficacy, but it also has a direct and measurable impact on student achievement. Yeah. Which makes sense. But, you know, we talk about collective goal setting and just goal setting. So big difference, or I guess goal consensus is really the term. Um, I said it differently. So the, the actual term from the book is goal consensus, which really is the same thing as collective goal setting. <laughs> so we'll, let's talk about goal setting a little bit because yeah, yeah. we, we both we both taught in schools uh-huh. and we had to set our goals every year. Uh-huh. And it was such a fun process for me to come up with goals every year, especially when I was new and I didn't know what I was doing. It was, I think, Honestly, I think it is probably the least favorite thing of many, many, many educators every year to have to do that. The, the goal setting process at the beginning of the year, I think, is met with, um, I don't know if dread is the right word, but apathy for sure. <laughs> yeah, I was imagining a lot of rolling eyes. Uh-huh. Yeah. They. All right. This again. Yeah, exactly. So well, what there is, are so many goals. I think this is the frustrating part of it for people is that, all right, so there's district goals and there are building goals and then you have to set your own personal goals, but then there's also your certification goals. And like, it, it, it's just how many goals are we actually working towards when you sit down? Like, I, I think I remember one year of when I was still a classroom teacher having something like seven different goals that I needed to be paying attention to. Right. It was just silly. And when you have that many goals, you're not paying attention to any of them. Right. When you have a lot of goals, you really don't have any. Exactly. Okay. So I know that a lot of schools try to narrow some of that down. You know, for instance, my district that I work in now uses the Marzano framework for evaluations. And there's like 60 or something different elements. And they focus on five, but really only report out on two of them. Well, see, that's still confusing. But it's a start. It's a start. It's right? A, it's, a, it's a start that they can get down to, and they kind of agree on what those five might be for a building. Right. And then you get to pick two, okay, okay. which is not nearly as effective. But 
it is, it, it's at least an acknowledgement that this process needs to get better. Yeah. Well, so and I think that there's a lot of confusion in goal setting too. Like I remember one of the schools I worked in, we used Marzano also. And then it was like, well, are those like, you know, all those, like there's the domains and then the, all the different, the strategies you were talking about. And it's like, well, is that a strategy or is that a goal? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like if I'm yep. choosing that, like if I'm going to go with like my favorite one, like, in, you know, the with itness, um, is that a goal or is that a strategy? <laughs> that does get confusing, doesn't it? Yeah. And I think it's just, I think the process is generally confusing for teachers, but so if we just, if we're, if we're thinking about the difference between just goal setting and goal consensus, what do you think it is? Well, goal consensus seems to me that first of all, I think it's implied before we get into what it, what it actually means and the process of how it works. I think it means that teachers are agreeing on what their goals should be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's obviously more to it than that, but at least there's an acknowledgement there that, okay, we're working in the school. Uh, we're all going to agree on the same building and individual goals, let's say. Okay. Uh, that we're all working on something. Now, the, the word as I speak that initially, uh, immediately comes to mind is a school initiative. Uh-huh. Right? Where we're going to work on literacy this year. Yeah. And we're going to meet those goals. So next year, we're going to do math. Yeah. Here, we're going to do, you know, individual reading across the curriculum. And now you're getting into a process that, just changes every year yeah and that is that's no fun either because then you get burned out really quick and then there's so much change and not you know again if you have too many goals you don't have any goals yeah okay so what are some ways that you think it could that more of a goal consensus could look like before we get into what uh, collective efficacy's definition of it is um well to me when i hear the word consensus that means that everybody's agreeing everybody's working through the process together to even come up with what the goal should be okay um and then i'm I'm not even sure the word everybody is right because consensus doesn't necessarily mean everybody or does it no yeah consensus does mean everybody i think it means to me it means that maybe it's we're not a hundred percent in agreement, but we're a hundred percent. We can live with that. Yeah, like yes. That we're in. We're, yeah, we may we're not be in. all in, but we're in. But we're in. we're in. We'll do it. Yeah. We'll do it. Yeah. So something you just said, Courtney, about goal consensus is a little bit different than what I said. Yeah. Um, I said the teachers all agree on the goals. You said teachers are coming up with the goals, which I think is a big difference. Yes. As opposed to a, a, a principal or, a, or a, some type of administrator giving you the goals and seeing if we all agree. Right. Usually, I've, I've had this case happen where I'm sitting in the, the teacher's room, we're going over our goals, the principal says the goals, and everybody says like, yeah, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Because <laughs> I want to get this process done anyway. <laughs> exactly. And it... it I think what you said that teachers are coming up with the goals and then there's consensus. There is, um, that's a, that's another step forward. It's a giant step forward, but that isn't quite exactly what Jenny talks about. Is it? No, I think it's actually, yeah, I think it is a little different. 
So what, what Jenny says in the book that they, these are all small steps and it talks more, for me, it talks more about what the building leaders talk about. Okay. Um, that they can, they can help build this collective efficacy by talking to your staff a lot more and communicating a belief that they can do it, right? Sure. When we talk about collective efficacy, it's uh, one thing that struck me was, it, it was, uh, they talked about a, the teacher's belief in the rest of their peers and colleagues to be able to do it also. Right. As opposed to just believing in the kids that they can do it. It's mm -hmm. what we talked about in, in one of our previous pods. Uh, I can do this, but you know, Courtney down the hall, she's like, oh, geez, I don't know. It's like that, that's your fall away there. So if teachers, if they, if, if the leaders say that you all can do it and we have this belief and we're going to go through these process, we're going to talk about process in a little bit. Mm. Uh, then I think there's there's more ability to buy in at that point, right? Yeah, I agree. If yeah. they set those goals and yes, you all can do it and yes, I have faith in you and, and yes, you're going to th go through the process and this is how we're going to do it. You know, it's not, you don't take giant steps, but at least that's another step to build cohesion in the staff. Mm. So there's not like a bad apple or, or a few that nobody really believes that they can do the job or not. Right. Some of that comes from leadership. So we're going to talk about that process. But first, so for you, the listeners of Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I just said free twice in a row. Free? It must, it must really be free. <laughs> so I'm about to read a new book. Oh, what have you got? I am about to read a, not a very happy book, unfortunately. It's called Midnight in Chernobyl. Uh, there was an HBO series on on that called Chernobyl. Oh, was it was so book. good. I have not watched it yet, but I'm yeah. thinking since I'm putting off watching it, maybe I'll read the book first and then watch the, the, the other part. Oh, there you go. That's always a good order to do. <laughs> well, we'll see. Because if I know if I watch it, then I will have to listen to the book and that's going to take me a while. So I know the watching part is going to be later than the book. So I might as well just listen to it first to the book, yeah. yes so what are you doing i am still listening to uh my own words ruth bader ginsburg which is actually written by mary hartnett and wendy williams um but the audio version is awesome because not only do you have a uh a narrator you know reading the book but they have actual audio clips from some of ruth's speeches and her husband's speeches and it's really cool. I'm enjoying it. That's really neat. That's really neat. It's amazing. Yeah. So of course you can check out Audible's vast library, choose your own, not just the ones that we want to push on you. I mean, but read the ones we want to push on you. Well, so of course they're but good. Download your free audiobook today. Go to audibletrial.com slash plearnmc. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash plearnmc for your free audiobook. So let's get back to what goal setting looks like. And uh, we, we've kind of teased what the process looks like. Uh, so how does, how does goal setting usually work? Well, so what I've seen, uh, <laughs> and sometimes it changes every year, but it seems to be something along the lines of this process is what I've seen, how um, the district will set some big overarching goals. Then a building will set the administrators of the building will either just kind of take those and make those the building goals also, or um, the building leadership team will set 
the goal for the building. And then teachers are expected to um, come up with a goal that somehow relates. That sounds like a pretty standard process. Yeah, you know, and then like you were mentioning with Marzano or sometimes, you know, if you've got Daniels in or something else, like I think it's pretty typical now that your goal is somehow supported by those frameworks, like your individual goal. Sometimes districts even have teachers do like three goals, like two professional goals and one personal goal. Yep, I've had that happen. I've had that too. I'm always like, what am I supposed to? All right, I think I often did like, I will have healthier work life, work home balance, you know, things like that. <laughs> Which is easy to measure, of course. Yeah, oh yeah. way easy to measure. Um, so, yeah, and then often where, you know, teachers are encouraged to use like the SMART process. Yep. Um, because they're supposed to be measurable in some way. Um, and uh, that's generally the process. I think my commentary is that there is a huge lack of training on how to actually write goals well right. <laughs> and how to write measurable statements and, and things like that. I think that's where a lot of the stress and uh, apathy comes from because it's like, I don't really understand this, so why should I care? And which is a very fair point. Yeah. So how should it work then? Well, I think that there's different ways a district or a, a building really should go about it. I think it would be a rare place, except I could see maybe some places here in Maine where we have some very small districts, right? Where it's maybe only one or two schools in the district and they're mm -hmm. small schools. Like in that case, I could see a district maybe coming together and making district goals together but i think most often it's going to be building based so this is kind of how i would see it playing out is that the district leaders would still set the large overarching goals and they're usually so broad that whatever you do is right. fine right yep. Yep. <laughs> um so then one way to go about it is for the building to then get together and start from scratch right like take those big overarching goals decide what data they're going to look at to give them their baseline for where they are in relation to those larger goals. So let's say it's literacy. Usually one is literacy. Um, yep. So the building will decide what data to look at and then the teachers would be split into teams or maybe there would be some kind of whole staff data looking at protocol together or some process for teasing apart the data and pulling out what it's telling us or them then the teachers would be split into teams, which I think is important. And I think it's mixed teams. It's not like your typical, like I worked at a middle school and I had a team for this process. I would not want to be with them because right. it's, we think alike, you know, it's like, I would want them to be diverse teams that don't typically work together. Mm -hmm. Then teams take a shot at writing up goals and plans and kind of like, backing it up with their with the data like you know the data is showing us this so we think that the building goal should be this and here's why and here's some of the things we could do right kind of like rough out a goal plan with some action steps and things like that mm -hmm. so every team does that there's a share out of some kind and then the leadership team whether that's the traditional leadership team in a building or it's like a representative from each of the teams like a new goal setting team whatever yeah a new team comes together and sorts through everything, takes the good, gets rid of the bad, puts together kind of like 
a new goal, like based on all the other ideas and then brings it back to the staff. And then there's time for feedback and, you know, kind of like that back and forth. If it needs to be refined, it goes back to that team, gets refined. And then eventually the whole staff says, yay. Okay. That seems like a not hard process. It seems lengthy. But I was going to say, it is time consuming. Yeah. So what's, what's the payoff for that versus the, the old way of doing goal setting? Um, well, the payoff is that everybody's on the same page and all of the focus is, um, all of the focus is focused. That's literally what I was just going to say. But everyone has a hand in it. So there's increased ownership, which means it's much more likely that there's going to be follow through on the goal. And it's much more likely that you're going to see positive results as because of the work. Okay. So if I'm a teacher and I can see the either the language or the idea in the goals that I came up with, you're saying that's going to make me more likely to follow through. Yeah. Yeah. And so here, you know, this is from the book, like we talked about effect sizes and things, right? So like the impact of leadership dimensions on student outcomes and what, all right, whatever. There was a report that goal setting and particularly this kind of goal consensus goal setting had an effect size of 0.42. Okay. That's pretty good, so, right? That's great. Yeah. The yep. authors defined it as the setting, communicating and monitoring of learning goals, standards and expectations and the involvement of staff and others in the process so that there is clarity and consensus. Teachers need to have a voice in the process. When teachers actively participate in the setting of goals, they are more likely to pay attention to them as they helped in selecting. That seems to make perfect sense. Yeah. And like, I think something I want to tag on here, kind of like that idea, like this is a process, right? And earlier you were to, it takes a long time to do this kind of consensus, mm -hmm. but it pays off. When it doesn't pay off is when you're changing the goal every year. Right. Because you're spending, you're going to spend a couple months doing this. Right. So it makes much more sense for this type of work to be more long-term, like maybe three years, mm -hmm. you know? So you only go through a goal setting cycle like that every few years. So there's going to be some, I'm imagining some pushback on this um, because, okay, so here's, here's some of the downsides that I'm thinking of right now. Mm -hmm. And which I disagree with, but you know, that's why we have conflict. Yeah. Well, I mean, so I'm a principal and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to have like a three, let's say three to five year process of really pulling my staff together, having goals, working on them and really buys into this whole collective efficacy bit. And we're saying that this is going to take a long time. This is not something you fix in half a year and then suddenly everything is, you know, rainbows and unicorns. So <laughs> right. you also have staff turnover every year. So if I have all the staff turnover and I'm setting goals one year, how do I keep those same goals for the next few years when I have, when I'm going to have two or three new teachers every year on average, let's say. So what's, what, what do we say to, to that? You know what I say to that? We'll always make that a part of the plan. Like, you know what? That's a, Mic that, drop. <laughs> what? Mic drop. Mic drop. Make, yeah, that's part like that's, of it, right? Just make it part of it. That's, so maybe that's a standard constraint, right? When that's something teams, when they're coming up with possible goals and possible action plans, 
that's a part of the act. It just has to be. How do we address staff turnover? When a new, when new staff, you know, if we're in year two of a three-year cycle, how do we handle new staff coming in? Like, I think you just plan to plan for that. Right. So I'm imagining uh, that, you know, you have the big long process to begin this whole thing and, and explain the, the point of it and talk about collective equity. But as, as you have new teachers come in, you could have a shorter version of this goal setting yes. every year that you're refining the goals you have based on the evidence that you've collected over the past year. Right. And we're, you know, we're not going to change the goals, but we might want to slightly adjust them. Uh, it's not like having new goals or starting from scratch every year. No. You can just go through the process again, and it's going to take a little bit less time. But mm -hmm. you can talk about you can talk about all the intricacies of it in with your new staff in your like your new staff meetings, right. not, not your large staff meetings, but yeah. your like individual ones. Right, that new those new staff orientations, right? Like another thought, make it part of the interview. Oh, oh, right. So that's an interview question, like. As a, as a building, this is our current goal, blah, 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 blah. What say you? <laughs> you know, then that, then you've already put that in the minds of the applicants and you're already getting thoughts and ideas from where people are with the goal and that can help you decide who to hire. I like that one a lot because you're kind of prepping them for what, what exactly. your particular building does. Right. Why don't we ever ask those questions in interviews? I don't know. I, I, you know, in the past, on interview, when I have the opportunity to help write the questions for interviews, I have a lot of fun, and I think people think I'm really weird because I, <laughs> I would like, I like to ask questions that aren't the typical questions. So, okay, you know what we're gonna do? When no. this series ends, we're having a whole <laughs> pod about interview questions. Yes. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited now. Interviewing for personalized learning. <laughs> <laughs> there are different things, and I'm 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 already got some uh, Google Docs about this already that yeah. uh, that we're going to share together even more now. Cool. So, all right. So, I think that ends our uh, little talk about goal consensus and and what it is and what it isn't and what are the outcomes yeah. of this one. Uh, if you have feedback, of course, for us, uh, you can let us know on Twitter. You can let us know on Facebook. You can let us know on our website. Because we have a parking lot that is starting to fill up. So we're going to have to have a listener mailbag fairly soon. Yeah, we'll have a parking lot episode soon. I love those. So all of the ways you can get us are at PLearnMC and on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, and our website is PLearnMC.com. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Yes, please. We have had a few more recently, but the more we get, the more we get noticed and the more we can spread the word about personalized learning. There you are. All right, everybody, we will talk next time. We're just